And of course, one day I was sitting next to the swimming pool. And then he come, are you at the swimming pool now? And I, I was all alone there during the week, you know, there was no Italians there. They were only there for the weekend. I was just paranoid looking around. Where is he? Is he looking at me now? <laughs> Well, you heard him already, but uh, today our guest from Norway, he won the under-23 world championships in 1997 before embarking on a long professional career. He is currently head of sports for the men at the Uno X Pro Cycling Team. We really hope that you enjoy this great conversation with our old friend, Kurt Osla Arvison. Okay, Kurt, Asla Arvison, welcome to Bobby and Jens. Thank you. Man, it's so, it's so good to have you, Kurt. It's so good to see you. I mean, uh, let's face it. We've uh, had a lot of experiences together, both on and off the bikes. So uh, welcome to our show, and uh, let's, let's get into it. So, Kurt, man, thanks for taking the time. Um, obviously, your your team is off racing right now. So, where where are you currently? It looks like you've got a nice little wine collection behind you, a little man cave, maybe. <laughs> it's um, yeah, we are uh, all over the place uh, as a team. I'm uh, currently back home in Norway, getting ready for for the next trips and the next uh, races. So where exactly is your home in Norway? The place where you were born or you moved since then? Where Where is it? Uh, during my career, I lived in Luxembourg in Italy. Now I moved back to Norway. And uh, I'm sad to say I'm not living where I grew up. I would uh, love to do that. But uh, my wife is stuck down here outside Oslo. And um, yeah, we, we like it here. Uh, no worries. It's uh, snow here during winter uh, and same as back and back home for me home is uh, on the northwest coast well to give our listeners a little bit of a backstory you know um kurt you won the under 23 road race in in 1997 and you beat a gentleman by the name of oscar frere um i think our listeners know that name uh, won two <laughs> stages of the giro d'italia and one stage in the tour de france you rode for some of the, 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 the greatest teams in your career, you know, starting back in, in Italy, then uh, on Facta, CSC, of course, with us and, and Sky. But um, for a young Norwegian rider, what was your introduction to cycling? Like, who were your idols? Um, sorry, but like, as an American, I always think that every kid in Norway is going to have a pair of skis on, which I'm sure you did. But what was it that drew you to, to uh, cycling, moving to Italy, and, and having such a long career? Um, when I was a kid, I grew up in a valley with um, you know, 400 people. Uh, we, had, uh, we had two options. It was uh, playing, uh, playing uh, the cornet or playing in a band or uh, do sport by ourselves. Some years we had enough kids to, to make, uh, make uh, a football uh, team. But then uh, when we got older, a uh, few of the kids uh, rather uh, ride a motorbike or, or a scooter than uh, playing football. So I had to do individual sports. And then of course it was snow, a lot of snow. It was snow from, from October till May. And then, uh, then we did skiing. 
so I never dreamt about becoming a professional bike rider. Um, my idols were skiers, uh, Olympic uh, skiers like uh, Bjorn Dali and uh, Vegard Ulvang, you know, who won uh, lots of medals for Norway. And then later, when I was 16, 17 years old, it was uh, like a handful of uh, elder men who did some tourist racing on bike. And uh, they were really good. And then I started in uh, some of those uh, local competitions and I won. And then I thought, okay, I can do this. And then uh, step by step, but it took me five, six years to be the only tourist racing. You know, even when I... I did, back then, it was a uh, under twenty three. Of course, you mentioned the um, the worlds, but that was one of one of the first years I raced abroad. First time I was in South Africa. I think I met uh, Jens uh, Jens Fogt. Maybe Jens, you don't remember this, but I think your team you you raced for 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 Australian Czech team, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety seven for the yeah. uh, Giant ZVZ team. Yes, indeed. Exactly. I remember you as one of the big, uh, big heroes because uh, not not big heroes back then, but you know one of the names. You talked a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that has changed. Ev everyone knew you. <laughs> so, and then I think you didn't have place in in the um, in the car, so you had to sit in back of our van to one of the stages down there. And uh, and uh, and that last stage, I won. And that was like that was uh, incredible, you know, for me, you know, coming up from from only, almost only trained on skis, you know, this was in March. We came there down there like maybe five six days before, and then we did the race. I was suffering through the, all the first stages, and then I won. Luckily, I won the bunch sprint. It was a hundred and five kilometer race, you know, the Cape Argus Tour. And then uh, that season, it was just like uh, like on a wave for me. Uh, we did uh, back to be back in '97. It was really professional. We did altitude training, you know, through the through the spring, and and then I won three national titles. And then I uh, by random I got selected for the under 23 setup, and then I was second in Paris Tour uh, under 23, and then there was the world championship. So it was and and for me that was maybe the most important win because it was hardly Norwegian uh, professionals from Norway back then and then to 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 pass to become a professional you almost had to win a race like the under 23 worlds and then uh, like you mentioned uh, then it was a big step you know from living back home with my parents get everything sorted uh, riding in my mates and then take my 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 small car to drive down to Oslo even drive down for to Oslo was a big trip, you know, and then I had to take the keelboat to Germany, the ferry, and that drive through all uh, all Germany, over the Alps, and then meet up with some Italians down in an apartment there. That was uh, that was adventure back then. So it sounds like that year happened almost faster than you could actually follow up. You trained a little, you won your first race in South Africa, you trained a little more, got selected for the national team, or oh, just do a little bit of altitude training and become world champion. Did you actually back then have time to realize how good you were, how much talent no. you had? Or you're like, oh, this is easy, this is fun, this is easy. And when was the, when you went to Italy? I believe life was a little harder there. Language barriers, the racing was harder and faster. 
And I guess you as a Neo Pro, you probably had to do a lot of work first and didn't get your, how much of your own chances. How was then the yeah. first year in Italy for you? Yeah, that was very tough. That was uh, that was hard. You know, uh, from the club team in Norway, I all of, all of us dreamt about this. I didn't really. I I had fun. You know, I didn't expect this. So it was it was like sad to leave my friends and my club team, but you know, everyone else they wanted this. So I also had to take the chance, and I did. And I drove down there, and it was some very hard years. After after three years, it uh, I. I almost had enough because uh, you know I, I I miss Norway I miss my friends, but slowly I got into it. Ivan uh, Basso was actually there from the beginning uh, in my, my my club team. I met him later in in CSC with you guys. Uh, but uh, you know just to illustrate how how bad I missed home, I I lied. I had a break in my program two weeks time, and you know the Italians. You've been in France, but you know uh, the Latinos. They, they They don't ex accept you to go back home, you know. They don't. They want you. Why? Hey, 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 perché, perché devi andare a casa? You know. Why, why do you want to go home? And then I had to lie. In 1998, I had to lie that my grandma died, and I had to go back to the funeral. She died in. She died in 81, but they didn't know that. So, so I, so then they gave me permission to go back home for 14 days, and then I went back again. And then in the first race, they picked me up at the airport, Malpensa, and I went straight to the race, and I became third. So then it was okay. <laughs> so, so that was some tough years, and uh, and um, you know, and then I passed professional with uh, with uh, with Risa Scotti and Mika Chips, and uh, when the contract were going out. I, um, I, you know, everyone was stressed about resigning. Hey, where are you going next year? What this and that, you know? I said, I'm, I'm easy. You know, I'm, I'm happy. Whatever happens. And then, then luckily, Kim Anderson, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was big boss of a small, smaller Danish team, Team Fakta. And uh, and then, uh, then ended up uh, going going to a Danish team, and that was like for me coming home, you know. That that's one team that I I definitely remember. Like that was probably the first time that that I met you or talked to you in a race. Man, you guys had an amazing team. Not only is Kim Anderson like one of my favorite directors or people on the planet, but you guys would show up to the races just no fear. I remember it was kind of like a black kit with like red lettering, and you guys would just stomp on us. I remember doing Tour of Luxembourg one year. <laughs> And it was like, who are these guys? Like, why aren't they in the, you know, you know, the, what was it called back then? It wasn't called the World Tour, Pro Tour, maybe, um, like top, top echelon. Uh, what are, what are some of the names of the guys? I remember Magnus was on your team for a while, Scott Sunderland. Uh, what are some of the other names that were just total, total studs that I may have forgotten? Marcus Junkus was there. Right. You know, we all rode with, uh, with uh, Marcus. And uh, yeah, Morten Sonne, he he didn't make it after Fakta. Uh, many of those uh, Danish legends uh, were in that team. So, and uh, it's it's a little bit uh, we build up the team a little bit like we do now here in uh, Unix where I work now. Uh, more based on uh, you know Scandinavian culture, Scandinavian people. Uh, it gives uh, gives a lot a uh, lot of things extra. 
And I, uh, me too, I remember that team. Um, we raced often in the French Cups together. You with a factor. And I remember that one weekend, uh, Marcos, he won both races, Grand Prix Rennes and oh, I the, can't remember the uh, other name. Was it? Uh, yeah, Isberg, maybe? Adelie. Ruth Adelie, yeah. That was yeah. a tough little vicious circuit, man. Yeah, he was strong. He just took off and left us in the last lap or one and a half laps to go. I remember your, your name, your, your team were often mentioned in our uh, team uh -huh. team bus with Cred Agricole. Like, hey, take an eye out for Team Factor. <laughs> you guys were often mentioned. I remember that. Yeah. And that was actually a big revenge, revenge for me. Uh, you know, I didn't do a lot when I was racing in Italy for the Italian teams. And then in the last year with Team Factor in 2003, we got selected. We got a wild card for the Giro. And then I came back to Italy racing my old teammates. From, um, they were all over the place and other teams. But, uh, but uh, then coming back there and winning a stage, that was a huge thing for me. Because uh, then at least I can, could show them that uh, I can also ride my bike. Um, actually, talking about that Italian, uh, just, just for our listeners, because I know the stories. Tell us some of the stories, like what about the ice cream and the swimming pool? What did he tell ah. you? Look, come on, <laughs> share some stories here. It's unbelievable. I was, I'm still laughing when, when I think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah the, the, the swimming pool, uh, I, um, I got the apartment from the team uh, the first year, and then uh, it was in uh, like this uh, residence with, uh, with, a, with a swimming pool for all the apartments. And... Um, It's a lot, lot of crazy stories from the Italian <laughs> I <laughs> know. directors, but uh, I can tell this one. Uh, every time he called me, he asked me if I was next to the swimming pool. I said, no, 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 I'm laying on my bed in the, you know, in my bedroom. I just uh, done my training and, you know, how, how it should be, you know. <laughs> and every time he called me, he asked me about the swimming pool. And of course, one day I was sitting next to the swimming pool. And then he called me, are you at the swimming pool now? I was all alone there during the week, you know, there was no Italians there. They were only there for the weekend. I was just paranoid looking around. Where is he? Is he looking at me now? <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of stories like this uh, when it comes to everything. Because they believe that swimming pool is not good for your legs, right? Or sitting in the Swim sun. Swimming pool was not good uh, good for you. Uh, eating an orange after uh, after dinner was not good. Too much vitamin C before going to bed. Uh, water with gas was not good for you. And uh, yeah, you can keep, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I love these stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you yeah. one something, something that was good for you. It was good for me. It was good for Jens. It was a lot of good times when, when we got together at, at Team CSC. And one of the first memories I have of you was, of course, our survival camp. You know, I'm new to the team. You're new to the team. Jens is new to the team. You know, B.S. Christensen puts us together for, I think that first one was 28 hours, which is like, at that time was like, oh my gosh, a whole entire day. But every year it got longer and longer. And I remember one of the last ones we did in Norway was like four or five days long. And, you know, then we went to South Africa. But, um, you know, not knowing you at all, I remember we were tasked with an objective and it was to kind of zip line, a, like to build a zip line and go across like this little gully. And in order to do so, we had to tie a special knot. And we're all looking around like, I, I don't know how to tie that knot. And you being Norwegian and having a 
obvious background in boating, you were you just took that rope and you made like this really cool knot, and like boom, we were off and running. And right then and there, I knew I was like, man, I I want this guy to be around. Like whatever whatever race I'm in, like the the way you took control there um, was kind of the way like once we got to the races, I, I always felt safer with you around. You always kept us calm. You were always fun. Um, what are, what are mm. some of your favorite memories of the old CSC days? I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could go on forever, but, um, Ooh. you know, you were, you were a huge I, part of that so team I... for me. You were there on the first day that I joined the team and you were there at my last race in, in 2008 at the, the Tour de Switzerland. And I just, want to say you were one of the best teammates I could ever have and um you still have you do you still have the bell of course the Swiss in my bell. office <laughs> <laughs> that's good no it's a lot of good memories there I think I think uh, what you mentioned there with the team camps and the kickoffs there uh, which I also took uh, brought here to my team now um, did something special to the team uh, we we didn't uh, we were not only teammates we were friends you know and it's uh, it's much easier to give hundred uh, percent for for a friend than uh, only a random teammate, you know. And that's uh, I I actually got a lot of my victories because of this. And Yancy gave me one, Tour of Denmark. You know, you were leading before the last day, and you you said in the team meeting before the last stage, I want Kurt to take the bonus so he can pass me. And then we did. We we tried to talk, speak to Stewie, our <laughs> friend. He didn't really understand it because he he was third. He didn't really catch uh, what was the plan here. But uh, we made it happen. And um, you gave me Tour of Denmark in two thousand four. Because, like you said, I was a loyal loyal, loyal teammate, and um, and that uh, that also happened when I won E three Harbeke with with Fabian. I was helping him in in San Remo uh, the weekend before. Uh, and made him win that, and then he 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 kind of gave me E three Harbeck, or at least he was sitting back with Tom Boone, you know. So it's give and take, and uh, I think uh, we we got uh, we got the maximum out of the team. But Kurt, don't sell yourself short because uh, three years later you want to have Denmark again, becoming, I believe, the only <laughs> rider until then to win it twice. So you are a good rider, right? You can win also by yourself. You're bloody good yeah. <laughs> rider and I remember how happy I was when you got that Tour de France stage win because one or two years before you missed by like by a tire width by like a centimeter and I'm like oh no yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, sometimes you only get one chance for this in your life. And then one or two years later, you made it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he got it. He got it. Oh, I was so happy yeah. for you, man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one. And it's even better now when you think about it. Yeah. I remember Kim Anderson came into to my room that uh, after that stage when I was second after Sawalelli. Mm-hmm. And he said, and he said, like, oh, he was talking through the final and this and that. And, said, and then he, before he left, he said, yeah, that was pity because... You might never get a chance again," he said. <laughs> and then I was thinking, yeah, "Of course," but he's right. He's right. You know, mm-hmm. he knew it. And I, I was in a breakaway maybe two times after that, and then one of them I won. Yeah. No, I was so happy because mm-hmm. you deserved it so much. I'm like, yes. Hey, and that stage I won also. You were a part of the plan. It was you and me who was supposed to go in the breakaway, mm-hmm. and you co- and you covered the first forty kilometers, <laughs> and it was these tiny small roads, and I really try to get to the front and I re- remember saying sorry Jens I haven't been here 
and then I went on two attacks, and then I was gone. <laughs> there you go. So you, you also gave me that one. <laughs> uh, but but now, uh, like a little more, like less funny um, uh, memory. Remember that Tour de France where you had these terrible crashes, like in the first three days? Do you remember anything of that tour, or did you just <laughs> your brain to protect yourself just erased all of that memory? Because I felt so hard because you watched it. I mean, they had all of your crashes in slow motion <laughs> on TV. I'm like, oh my god! The next day, oh my god again, and the third day, oh my god again. I couldn't believe, and you still finished with us in Paris. That was unbelievable. But do you remember any of that? <laughs> This was before the concussion protocol came <laughs> out, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, 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 that was crazy. I, I, uh, I hardly record from the first one before I got the next uh, hit, and um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but I never gave up, and because I was, uh, my legs were okay. I had a, I had some broken ribs. I realized that I didn't know that I had two broken ribs in my back. The, the doctor in the Olympics in Athens, he saw, because we had these uh, white jerseys with national teams, and said, what is two, these two lumps on your back? I don't know. I said, ah, you, have, you, you just you had the two broken ribs here. No. And of course, that was from uh, one of those crashes in, in the tour. But I remember that last week, I never gave up for, for a stage win. But, uh, but uh, Telecom or whatever, T-Mobile, what was the name back then, they were, they were leading the team competitions competition and they didn't want us in the breakaway so we're still fighting for 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 a state win but uh, it was a win to to get into Champs-Élysées that year that was my first tour uh it was your first one as well <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. that was a baptism <laughs> of fire oh wow you worked for that one if you want to get more out of your free time sign up to outside plus For less than a dollar a week, you can get six print and digital issues of Peloton Magazine, exclusive membership content from Bellenews.com, access all the premium content from the whole outside family, including Yoga Journal, Backpacker, Ski, Outside Magazine and many others. And that's not all. There are discounts of the hottest gear and biggest events, access to Gaia, GPS, and trail forks as well as virtual health and fitness courses. It's $350 of value in one $99 annual subscription. But if you head to valuenews.com forward slash outside plus and enter BJPOD25, all one word, lowercase, at checkout, you will receive our special 25% discount and make a good deal. Great. And now back to our chat with Kurt. Okay, enough of the reminiscing stuff. Let's let's get to what's going on with you right now. So you are the head director for men at the Uno X Pro Cycling Team, which is heading into its sixth year, third year as uh, professionals. You guys... Uh, now have 29 riders on the men's team, uh, 12 on the women's team, led by our old buddy Lars Bach, who we're going to have to have on the podcast, and 12 riders on the men's development team. Um, that's a lot of folks to take care of there, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give us a little yeah. bit about 
the, the new team, uh, I mean, obviously, I love the idea of having a pro team along with a women's pro team along with an under-23 development team. But, like, you guys aren't in the world tour. Um, you guys don't have a massive budget. How, how is this working? How, how are you guys doing, you know, three different teams with that many different riders? After, um, after I stopped my career, cycling career in 2011, I continued with Team Sky for, for a few years, also working with you, Bobby. And um, it was a lot of work, a lot of traveling. And then uh, suddenly me and my wife realized, okay, we should have kids. You know, I, I forgot that in my prime time. So I, had, <laughs> I was a late, late bloomer. And then uh, after a while, they grew up and they needed more time. So I thought, okay, now I'm going to step down, maybe look after the family a little bit. Yeah, and then I met this uh, energetic uh, guy called uh, Mr. Hauglon. He, he is full of energy, jumping around, and he's, um, you know, you, you, his name is Jens. So he reminds me about one uh, on, this, uh, on this show <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> And then I said, okay, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna go for this, uh, this uh, project here. Uh, we were uh, back then 11 riders. It was um, uh, one sports director and one mechanic were already set. So we built up slowly this team. And um, after a while we had a coach and then uh, it developed to, to become 16 riders, still a continental team. And then, uh, okay, uh, we do more and more races and... Uh, and uh, they, 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 it's no stop in this project. So, uh, but it's fun. Uh, and now, like you said, we are uh, 50 in total, 53 riders. We are more than 50, 50 staff for the men's team. And then Lars Buck is setting up his, uh, his women, women team. Uh, but uh, it's a unique project because uh, we don't have any budget. You know, we have, a, we have an owner. The owner is Unix. And and uh, and they want us to to build up this project. So in that way, it's uh, we are pretty free to to do what we need to do to to run this show. Uh, and we all have uh, have ownership, and uh, I've been a part of it since the beginning. And we step by step we build it up, like uh, with people who have ownership to the project, mechanics, sonyers, carers. We have everything on the in in place. And and it's not uh, for for the riders who 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 is here. It's not like going to the fruit shop to 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 pick what they want. They need to pick all the fruits. You know, they need to use the nutritionist. They need to use the mental coach. They need to use their coaches. They need to use their well, you know, fill in the the training diary. They need to use the sports directors and all the things we have in place. This is not this is never going to be the team where they earn their their big uh, big money. But, but at least we can give them, provide them everything they need to do as good as they can and, can, and then we will give them the race program and step by step, you know, now as you see in this year, we get invitations to, to a lot of uh, nice races. So it, it, it's nothing is holding us back. I want, I want to go back a little bit. I mean, obviously you have a history with great general managers, uh, Kim Anderson, Bjarne Rees, Dave Brailsford. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Mr. Hogland, Jens, if you, if I can call him that. How is he different from those guys, yet how is he the same? Because I just have to totally respect a guy that, uh, 
comes in and sounds like it was just a, a casual plan and has grown it into such a big thing. I mean, how how are they different and how are they they are they similar? I think it's a it's a pretty good mix between the yeah between Dave Brailsford and yeah whoever you know he's he's full of energy on top of this running these three teams he's also running the daily business for Unix he's the C where he's the CEO. And it's just pure passion, you know. And my 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 job is more to hold him back than you know, because you know we need to build this step by step. He 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 totally agrees, but but sometimes yeah, he's he's pretty quick in decisions. You know, he 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 can decide. He has he has a good trust by the owners of Unix, and he can do pretty much what he wants. So. Yeah, but if you say you got so much energy, you got big visions, big dreams, and your team is developing pretty good, I must say. I mean, when you come to races, you not just animate a race, you also bring results, right? So you are a very good team. The next logic question would be, do you look at a potential world tour status yet? Maybe yeah, yeah, in two yeah. years, and five years, or anything you, you allowed to talk about with us? I'm not. He is, yes. He's saying he's going to apply... This uh, this year is gonna apply for next year. If you don't get it, it's gonna apply next year, uh, the year following year. So he will uh, he will get there for sure. He will, yeah. And then, But, uh, yeah. Uh, recently, now a few hours ago, I had to hold him back. You know, now we stay here and we build on this what we have now, and then we take the step whenever whenever we are ready. And just to follow up on that. Um, Wildcard at Paris-Roubaix, which is an event by the ASO, the Tour de France organizer, that could be an indication that you are at least in the picture for Wildcard for the Tour de France, right? I mean, you missed out last year, like, so close. Uh, we, yeah, we missed now this for this year. For this year? Oh. Yeah, yeah it's already selected. Ah, okay, I didn't know. Yeah. I thought there's still a no, chance no, that a, you guys can make it with good performance in Roubaix that yeah, they yeah. would put you back in. Now that's already selected uh, for for the Tour de France stage uh, start in Denmark, and which you know this is a Norwegian team, but uh, include with uh, with uh, with, uh, with Denmark. It's like it's going to be like fifty fifty. Unix have business in Denmark and Norway, and uh, this is a team for Norwegian and then Danish riders for now, like it is for now. So, so so obviously you're taking these guys from a very young age development team you know, giving them all the tools that they need in, in their toolbox. But you said yourself that this is never a team that's going to, where they're going to make big money, at least maybe, maybe further on down the road when they get into the world tour. So why are these guys, I mean, there's 29 pros, like I said, 12 women and 12 under 23s. What are you providing them specifically, other than your experience, your 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 tutelage? Because this these are a lot of young adults, uh, some of them very young, that are buying into your system. And you know, I trust you. I've known you a long time. I would buy into your system. But what is your management style to get these kids, these these young men and women? To, to really buy into this and see this as a stepping stone? Or do you really think that in the near future, this will turn into a, uh, a bigger budget kind of super team? Uh, when I started out uh, 
building the team i i i soon realized to build and become a better team i needed people who is better than me better than my better than my, myself in in all the different areas you know when it comes to coaching when it comes to mental coaching when it comes to nutrition when it comes to mechanics when it comes to carers and all all this around the team and also the you know operation side of it because it's a you know guys uh, you've been in the cycling team it's it's not easy to operate a team uh, when it comes to logistics and um and and step by step we 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 have all this in place uh, and we have we have uh, we have all the team members from the staff side on board which really want to be here you know i also uh, hired some of my old uh, staff members from from back in cc days uh, and and even team sky days and um and um, but I haven't built this alone, you know, with the, with the, with Jens on board, and uh, step by step we had uh, different persons on board, and uh, and suddenly we had a we we have a we have a group of really good uh, a really good setup, and that's what uh, sells, uh, you know, that's why the riders want to be a part of this a little bit like uh, back in CSC. We have a good atmosphere, you know. We have a Scandinavian uh, culture. We can speak the same language. We can uh, we can tell a joke at the table, and everyone understands. And, uh, and this means a lot for 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 young uh, young Danish and Norwegian riders. They don't have to take the step I did, you know, when I took my car and drove back down to Italy and have those terrible years in the beginning. They they can be here with their with their friends and they can speak their, their own language and um, and um, they can be be with friends and that's um, that's important you know if you if you feel good and then you also perform and you give hundred percent to your teammates. So when um, you have one of these young kids leaving to go to another team because they offer a bigger corner or whatever. Are you a little sad that you lost one of your children, or you go, "Hey, I'm pretty, I'm, 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 I'm happy and I'm proud that I developed this young rider, woman or man, into something better, and now he can go up to the big stage." So, is it more, you are more proud that you developed that person, or you little sad, "Ah, oh, he's leaving or she's leaving us"? Mm. What's your feelings there? It's a it's a mixed feeling. Uh, it's a mixed feeling because now we 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 know our uh, our owners' uh, ambitions, and now it's a it's a breaking point now where where we would like to keep them, you know, because if we want to reach the uh, the world tour uh, status, we need to to have points and we need to 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 have them here. Uh, but until uh, until that, uh, you know, like uh, half a year ago, then we were really proud and we we let go a few guys maybe. We regret now, but maybe they can come back, you know, after a couple of years and uh, some more experience in other teams. So that's a that's a plan uh, plan for the future. Then we need then we need all the good Norwegian and Danish riders to survive in the World Tour because that's a different program. Then we are committed to a World Tour program. We are committed to do now next week. We have to go to Paris Nice and Tirreno Adriatico, and um, uh, yeah. And that uh, that's uh, that. Uh, then we need some some strong and robust uh, riders. Yeah. So uh, so we see. But of course, it's nice, you know. We we always, uh, you know, if if a rider wanna leave us uh, for bigger money and uh, try something else, like Marcus Hulgo now went to to Trek. 
uh, is racing for them now and he he was uh, he's now 27 years old and it's it's about time for him you know to to try we got the chance to try the world tour and then uh, then he can go and try and then and, and maybe hopefully he will uh, succeed and uh, have uh, have another good 10 years in, in the world tour and maybe if we become world tour he can come back well kurt mm -hmm. i tell you um just proud of you man i mean there, there's a lot of uh <laughs> teammates of ours of that that those special years at CSC that are 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 really playing it forward and you know I know you take a lot in from from the experiences but man keep doing what you're doing because it's just so fun watching your team it's so fun seeing it grow all the best in in the upcoming races it sounds like you guys are going to be under the pump a little bit there but as those those survival camps taught us, you know, that's where you learn the most about the people that you're around is when you're under stress. That's when you learn that's who true. you are as, as a person. And I just, I just want to thank you for, for starting this project, for building it to what it is, and for giving all these young adults such a great opportunity. And I love what you said about doing it for them so that they don't have to make those same hard choices that, that you had to make. So more power to you, man. All the best in the, in the <laughs> upcoming uh, under-the-pump uh, period of the season. And we'll, we'll be watching. It's funny how uh, how cyclists uh, keep staying in cycling, you know, like, you know, the superstars like Tour Husso, the, your teammate, uh, and the Fabian Cancellara, they, they're just chilling now, being ambassadors or doing some small work, you know, here and there. And then you have the medium uh, good riders like you guys, uh, you, you become uh, podcast <laughs> managers and, uh, and, and sports commentators. And the, and the lower level, they still have to do the hard work here running cycling teams. <laughs> oh, that's a good comment. I love it. I wouldn't consider you as a low-level cyclist, Kurt Asle, but uh, I, I just love you. <laughs> Kurt Asle, it was great for you to be our guest. We loved having you. Thanks for the inside info. Thanks for letting us into that great project your team Uno X and thanks for being our guest. Hey, and thanks for sharing these good old memories with us. So thanks again there, guys. for being our guest. Thank you guys. Well, that's all our time for this week. Huge thanks to Kurt for being our guest. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please give us a five-star review and make sure to share us with your friends. The show was a Value News production in association with Shocked GRF. The producer was Mark Payne, and this episode was edited by Tim Mosa. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens and share your cycling stories with us.